This is episode 65. Hey there, Business Generals family. Welcome to another super episode of the Business Generals podcast where I feature amazing guests and I ask in-depth questions about their entrepreneurial journey. You know, my belief is that It doesn't matter how your journey in life started. It's not that important because great or small, the important thing is how you finished. So whatever your situation today, I want you to know that you can get your hopes up, that you are good enough to chase your dreams. In today's show, family, I dig into how it all started for our future guests, how they have built their brand, and I even get into all the juicy details about their big challenges, their growth moments, and all their big breakthroughs. So it's going to be an amazing show. I actually selfishly started this podcast podcast because I love to hear how entrepreneurs did it and I wanted to ask the questions for myself. So really, I am the number one student. So get ready for amazing coaching tips, family, to help you maximize your business dreams. Welcome and thank you for joining me here on the Business Journals podcast where I chat with amazing entrepreneurs five days a week. If you have not already done so, remember to click subscribe on your podcast player so that you do not miss an episode. This is Davis Mutabo here, your host. Super excited to bring you today's feature guest, Mr. Phil Ebener. Phil, welcome to the Business Generals podcast. Thanks so much, Davis. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. I am very excited. Ladies and gentlemen, Phil is a video creator, an educator, an online business creator. He is also a best-selling instructor on the online learning platform called Udemy with over 300,000 students and over 27,000 reviews and he has over 76 online courses. This man is a machine. So I am excited to have you here on this show, Phil, just to share your story. Why don't you kick us off and let us know who is Phil outside of business? Yeah, so outside of business, as I was mentioning to you before we started recording with, I, I just got a puppy. <laughs> and so my wife and I, we live a pretty low-key life in Southern California. We're outside of Los Angeles. I live close to my family. I go on bike rides. I enjoy watching sports and and the puppy is taking a, a lot of time. And so, yeah, just uh, was able to buy a house here a year ago, actually, today. Nice. And most of that's due to th- the online income that I have and uh, just doing a lot of projects around the house. And yeah, pretty, pretty low-key lifestyle working from home now, uh, but enjoying every minute of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just saying before, you know, you were saying that the puppy has kind of made you become unproductive. And I was just saying that's, that's, that only happens in a lifestyle business that, you know, if you're not working at standard nine to five, you just leave the puppy home and head off to the office, right? Right, right. Yeah. Now I'm, I have to move from the office and I've been doing most of my work in the kitchen. So this is actually a good test. The puppy is in the kitchen and I've left her there and I'm back in the office with my setup. (laughs) So we have good audio and everything. So it's, it's a good kind of separation test for the dog. Uh, but yeah, just been, it's crazy. It's a lot of work, uh, with the, with the dogs when they're young. It's my first dog of my own. And, uh, so trying to do a lot of training and stuff. Of course, you know, learning from people with online classes and YouTube videos how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Are you literally doing that? I'm literally watching YouTube videos on how to train my puppy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're you're a fully converted online person, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Hey, I've I've seen um, lots of um, blog posts and coverage uh, on your profile and I've listened to a couple of podcasts 
about um, you know some of the success you've had online. But so maybe you just let us know where are your core revenue streams coming from, and then we'll jump back into your story right from the sort of um, the early days. Yeah, most of my income right now comes from my online courses. And the beautiful thing about that right now is that you can create a course and put it on multiple platforms. So I have my courses, like you mentioned, on Udemy, which is the biggest one, the biggest revenue earner. But I also put courses on other sites like Skillshare and even my own site using a tool like Teachable, which allows you to put your courses on your own website and basically create an online school of your own. So I'm growing all of that income. I also have sort of this extra income that comes from posting YouTube videos, which helps drive people to my classes, but I also earn some revenue there and a little bit of affiliate income with Amazon from my blog, from YouTube. And of course, I still do some video production work as well. So still trying to stay in the industry, although most of my time has been taken up by building my own online business. Just recently, though, I've been making over six figures for the past few years, but a typical month recently is about thirty to 40000 in revenue uh, from my online courses. Well, congratulations on that. Well, let's walk through your background a little bit. So just um, let us know what, you know, high school, college, um, your training and how you ended up, you know, starting your, your career and then we'll come to where you are today. Yeah. So my expertise or what I say I'm good at is video production. And I always liked doing video work when I was younger. I used to work for the local cable TV channel in high school. I used to run cameras for like high school sports. I even had my own sort of local television show, which showed up in like the three towns close to me. It was a talk show where we talked about baseball. And that was really the start where I got interested in video production, both being behind the camera, but also in front of the camera. And so from there, I decided to enroll in and apply actually to film schools in the United States. And I went to Loyola Marymount University, which is great film school in Los Angeles. And there I, you know, learned everything about film production, television production. I focused on documentary making and editing. And that's where I went into right after college. I jumped into a full-time job at a production company out in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was awesome. I was editing short documentaries right out of school and kind of what I thought I was following my dream. But even then, I think I realized that working for someone else was was difficult for mm-hmm. me. And I, I was always trying to figure out ways to make money on the side, to do my own thing. At this time, I was over $100,000 in student loan debt from private film school education that I don't really recommend to anybody at this point because I've been lucky to be able to pay that off so quickly. But, you know, with that kind of debt, living out in Los Angeles, trying to be that out there on my own, it's expensive. And so I felt like for a couple of years, I wasn't making any progress at all in my personal life and my financial life. And so since then, I was always trying to figure out what I could do on the side. And I jumped around from a couple jobs to different jobs working at colleges and universities with their doing video for like even the University of Berkeley, California. I did video for their news department. And I learned a little bit about online education through that experience. And I heard about Udemy at that time. And that was in October of 2012. Mm -hmm. So about five years ago now. And that's when I 
thought, hey, I can try try teaching my own online course. And so I, I put together my first online course back then in 2012 and started selling it. And I just have kept doing it since then. And it's just uh, consistently grown and it's been what's worked. And so I just kind of keep creating courses. And what was that first course you created? That first course was a video editing course on a program called Final Cut Pro 7, mm. which this is always my first piece of advice for people. Make sure that the course you're teaching is going to be an evergreen topic. It's sometimes okay to teach a course that maybe, you know, is just super hot at the time and, you know, make some money from it. But Final Cut Pro 7 doesn't even exist anymore. Mm. They upgraded it. It's a completely different piece of software. So that course that I created within a year was kind of out of date. And so um, it was a video editing course. It was what I was an I did for a living, what I had studied in school and what I was most comfortable talking about. Yeah. And so it was a good course, but but like I said, it doesn't really sell anymore. <laughs> right. Okay. And so you, you said you found out about Udemy. What Was it um, the only platform you could have launched on? Um, I think at the time YouTube was also pretty established and there might have been other teaching platforms. Why Udemy at the time? At the time, there were a lot of the what they called MOOCs or massive open online courses. There was Coursera, edX. These were a couple of the big ones. And these were the ones that I heard about through working at a college and the university mm. because those universities are putting their courses on these platforms. And they still are today. They're, they're making their college courses basically free for, for the world through these open catalogs. And, okay. and those platforms have kind of transitioned and some of them now charge for some of their courses. But at the time, I was doing a lot of research to figure out what how to create an online course, what it looks like. And Udemy really was the first one that I saw where anybody could just pick up a camera, start recording and put it online. And this was like pretty early on with Udemy. So it was like they had launched maybe in 2011 or so. And so there weren't that many classes on there. And I just thought this idea of, wow, I could like put together a video course put it on Udemy. I don't have to deal with putting together my own website using some sort of WordPress membership plugin theme or something like that. Mm. It was super easy. The The layout was nice. It had a place for students to ask questions. They took care of the processing. For me, it was kind of the first one that I saw. Um, there might have been other ones out there at the time, um, but I just saw that and then I kind of jumped in and started put my first course on Udemy. That's great. So you said you were looking for ideas to generate additional income. So is it that the idea to start training or providing online courses um, was brought about because you were in that industry and you sort of leveraged um, the platform you were already in at the time? That's interesting. Well, you know, the the actual core of where I thought about sort of this more like passive income stream model was an idea to write a book. And this came from listening to Pat Flynn's mm. Smart Passive Income. And so I had this idea for writing a book about film, my film school experience called... I was going to call it The Diary of a Film Student. And so I was writing this this book. And I think it was at this time that I just found out about Udemy. And so I had already purchased the domain name for like Diary of a Film Student. I was working on the website. But then I found out about Udemy and I just thought, hey, yeah, let's try it out. I had never made money online before. I had never 
really put together my own product before or a digital product before. So it was it was all an experiment. But luckily, um, I made like 60 bucks that first month. Mm. And so that kind of a light bulb moment where I was like, wow, this actually works. Like people actually buy courses online. And so from there, it was just kind of like, okay, well, now this works. How do I do more of this? <laughs> so for me, the answer was, well, let's create another course. Some people, the answer is, well, let's let's market better. Let's expand our audience. I had no clue. And I'm still not a, a great marketer. Um, I just create a lot of content. Mm-hmm. So at that time, the answer for me was like, well, let's create another course. And like I said, I kept doing that. <laughs> right. So either amplify what you've already created or create more of the same and hope that your reach starts to, to get out. That's a, that's a great lesson. And you've picked just create more more quantity more volume um of what you're produce more more of different things and more variety so walk me through your first 60 dollars online so those first 60 dollars you know udemy was pretty new and when and i will say that there was an advantage just like on any platform that's new if you start out on that platform you can't and it grows you'll have that sort of advantage of being on there early the early adopters and so when I launched my first course, I think it, it was relatively easy to get on the actual homepage of udemy.com. I think pretty much any course that was launched, they would put it on the homepage and it would had a banner that said new courses. And so for that, the first few months, I, I didn't actually sell my course to anybody. It was on Udemy and it, those sales came organically. And so that um, was awesome because it kind of inspired me to continue creating the courses. I think the first the first time I actually sold my courses myself was when after a little bit of time, I had grown my audience from Udemy and I started building my YouTube channel and I started building my website. And when I created a new course and I launched that course to my audience and saw direct sales from like those messages, those emails that I sent out, that was an amazing moment mm-hmm. because that was when like, wow, this... This can actually work. I don't have to be too salesy. People like the content. And uh, if I can just continue to grow my audience, then, you know, the sky's the limit to how much I could actually make with the online courses. Right. So you switched to growing your audience outside of Udemy. Now, just educate me a little bit about Udemy. Are you allowed to create an audience off of the platform or you're not allowed to create like an email database and stuff like that? That's a really great question. So within Udemy, you're allowed to message your students and it's kind of technical, but you, you're allowed to basically promote your own courses to your own Udemy students twice per month. They call them promo emails. But basically, you're, you're doing email marketing to your own Udemy list. Mm. You can't promote outside products. You can't promote other instructors' courses. And what you can't do is you can't say, hey, Udemy student of mine, come to my own platform and purchase my course on my own platform. Or, hey, Udemy student, sign up for my email list. Udemy has a tight control over their student base. You don't get their email addresses. But it's still possible to kind of build an audience within the platform. Now, there's inherent risk in that because you never know what's going to happen to Udemy. Mm. And that's why it's important for Udemy instructors to be building their audience outside of Udemy. So I've been doing both. But yes, in, in the Udemy world, you can 
promote to your students. And that's, that's what, what really is powerful. And I remember when I was starting out, they used to do stories about other instructors on their blog. And I used to read how an instructor would send out their message and they would make $1,000 in the first day. And I thought that was incredible. And I think I even just sent you to me a message. And I was like, how is that possible? <laughs> because to me, $1,000 was like insane amount of money to make in a day, yeah. even though like for some internet marketers, that's like nothing. But back then, I just just thought that was crazy. And I think they responded and they were like, well... Like they have 10,000 students. And so when they sent out a message compared to my students, which at the time was probably like 700 or so, you know, they have more power with their messages. And so, so now I look back and I have, um, you know, 300,000 students have enrolled in my classes. Now, some of those, mm. I have free courses and paid courses on Udemy. So some of those, uh, a lot of those are actually in free courses of mine. And um, just to, get a little more technical with the platform Udemy so people listening understand mm. you're not allowed to promote your courses to your free courses, which is kind of mm. unfortunate, but it makes it blocks a lot of spamming that had been going on. But you can't just put out a free course on Udemy, get a bunch of students in there, and then send them promotional messages promoting your other courses. So, the, mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to say how many people actually get my promo messages when I send out a, that sort of promo email at this time. But but it's a lot more than 700 when I was starting out. And, and there have been days when I've made, you know, not $1,000, but even five, six, seven thousand $7,000 on Udemy at this time. In a day. Yeah, in a day, like especially when launch? I'm launching a course. Yeah, typically when launching a course. Also, when Udemy is having a big sale, which they do throughout the year. But of course, with Black Friday, New Year's, they... They do a lot of promotion themselves. And, and so if you have a course that is ranking well for the keyword that it's, it's about, then you can, you can make a lot of money from just Udemy's organic sales without you actually having to promote it yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. So you've just turned my brain on to something else, which is how did you grow your, your audience within the Udemy platform? And you've just talked about keywords. So does that SEO play a big role in Udemy as well? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, at... At this point in time, the name of the game with Udemy is to rank your course. And it's it's competitive. It's like if you... I was actually listening to your episode with... Um, I think it's Sean C Cannell. He's yep. the YouTuber. YouTuber yep. Yeah, he was talking about ranking in YouTube. And I've watched some of his videos about that. And, mm. and of course, it's super competitive at this point to rank for a keyword in YouTube. It's it's actually easier on Udemy, but but that's how you have success. So the goal is, for example, I teach a lot of classes on like the Adobe products like Adobe Photoshop, mm -hmm. After Effects, Premiere Pro. And so I want when someone to search who wants to learn After Effects, for example, when they search for After Effects, I want my course to show up. And there's a few factors that help your Udemy SEO. And that's basically, of course, keywords. So including those words in your course title. You have like a sales page, so which has like a course description. So using your keywords there. And then reviews. Reviews on Udemy are one of the biggest factors with ranking well. And so if you get a lot of reviews in your courses, you're going to rank well. And, and so that's also why you have sort of an advantage if you've been on the platform for long enough or if you just stick with it. Because now that I have so many students... When I launch a course, 
there's automatically going to be a certain number of people that purchase it. Mm. And that means I'm going to get some initial traction, initial reviews in the class. And all of that stuff just kind of helps with the ranking of, of the, the course on Udemy. So it, it's harder for people getting started. But of course, it's not impossible. And I see people starting on Udemy today that are having way more success than I ever started. I mean, people are making thousands of dollars in their first month. Now, this isn't everyone. I don't want people to get the wrong picture. Not everyone can do that. But there are still people making lots of money starting out. Mm. For most people, it does take longer and it helps to have your own audience of your own um, and using the traditional sort of online business tools like growing your email list with a lead magnet, content marketing, that kind of stuff too. Um, other people had to make money teaching online courses. Do you have any, you know, one or two case studies that you can share to just inspire somebody of some, maybe one student that has um, come through some of your training and um, has started to do some some full-time income? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I started my own podcast, the Online Course Masters podcast, less than a year ago, but in the beginning of 2017. And after that, I realized that there were a lot of people that wanted a little bit more help and they wanted some more guidance. And so I've actually been teaching people how to teach online for for a number of years with sort of smaller courses that I put on Udemy. Mm. And those haven't been my, you know, a bulk of my revenue, but those have been popular. And it's always great to see students who I think there's a big hurdle to, you know, getting a course done and the technical side of it with creating the videos, editing videos, um, making sure your audio sounds good. That's really difficult for someone who doesn't know any of that. And so through that course, I've been able to help a lot of people. And then this year, I launched my own sort of mentorship program through the podcast. And so that's more of a premium product that people can sign up for. And that's been great because I do one-on-one coaching with people and I'm able to like look at their their story, see you know exactly what they're where they're at right now and help them. And so there have been a couple people who've gone through that, taken the course, t- taken the program, and you know launched a YouTube channel that's actually driving sales to their courses or who've started to grow their email list. And I think a lot of it, the information is out there for free or it's just, you know, you could listen to your podcast, you can listen to my podcast and learn most of the stuff for free. Mm. It, but for some people, you just need a little bit of extra hand-holding or, or a kick in the butt just to keep moving, to keep doing it. And it's it's overwhelming for some people. So just kind of clarifying it is most beneficial to people. And, and so that's what what the my program has helped people do. Mm. Let's talk about YouTube for a second, because I think obviously, you know, it's slightly different, although similar, but um, you've launched onto YouTube to try and I guess, um, like Pat Flynn talks about, or used to talk about be everywhere all the time. So you've gone onto the YouTube platform to to begin a new audience. How long have you been doing that? And what was attraction? Yeah, that's a good question too. I started on YouTube. I mean, I've been posting videos on YouTube and, and Vimeo since like I was a teenager, right. since YouTube began because I was a video creator. But in terms of growing my online business, I quickly realized after starting on Udemy that it would be beneficial to have my own brand outside of Udemy. And so that's when I started videoschoolonline.com. That's the brand for most of my courses. 
And that's the YouTube channel. And it took a long time to catch on. And for people who have listened to other YouTubers who have started, they've probably had a similar story where it took me... I can't remember exactly how long it took me to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube, but it was probably around a year or so or or even longer. Mm. And then to 10,000 subscribers, it took another year or two. But after 10,000 subscribers, things start to ramp up if you're consistent with your content. And so now I think I have around 60, 70,000 subscribers. Um, and mm. it's it's kind of gone up and down. I One thing I've struggled with on YouTube and with my courses and brand is I teach all kinds of content topics from video production and photography, which are somewhat related, Mm -hmm. but could be completely separate brands. But then I also teach things like, you know, design and personal finance. And I even have had classes on like how to brew beer and all kinds of crazy stuff. So how do I have a brand that promotes all of those topics? And in fact, it's actually pretty difficult to. So I would suggest people to focus on one sort of niche you can grow it faster on YouTube. You can also grow it faster with your online courses. But now I, I'm still posting U- YouTube videos every week. I'm not one of those YouTubers that has like a weekly schedule where every week at the same time a video comes out. Although that I'm sure would be beneficial to do that. I just don't have the... I don't know. It just has never worked out that way with me. Um, but I am pretty consistent with putting out tutorials. And YouTube's the perfect place to promote your online courses or to build an audience for your online courses because it's people looking for to learn something with online video. And so, the pro- well, okay, it's good and bad. I'll say the good is that, yes, it's people who are looking for online video to help them. And some of those people will want it to be easier for them. And so if you have a full class that teaches them everything they want to know about that topic, they might be interested in buying it. Mm. I guess the downside is that people who use YouTube are typically looking for free content. And so you can find pretty much anything for free on YouTube. Any online course that's on Udemy, you can probably find content that's similar on YouTube for free. So it's not a place to sell a $500 course. And that, a lot of people who are in the online course world, there's kind of a, a divide between the premium course instructors who, who do that route with like the $500 courses, mm-hmm. the webinar system, the sales funnels. And then there's like the Udemy instructor who sells their courses typically for like $10 to $20 because that's what most people are willing to pay for, for an online course nowadays. And it's easier to sell those cheaper courses on YouTube um, it's it's a lot more difficult to sell uh, an expensive premium course with YouTube, um, and I've tried it. It's it's not impossible, but it's a lot more work for sure. Right, and I love the contrast you make, where the audience on YouTube is not going there to look for a purchase; they're looking for free information because it's a search engine where you, you draw, you know, um, different material that you can learn from. Whereas the Udemy platform is basically set up to to in the end sell people courses so let's talk a little bit about that um what are some of the other technicalities just in a on a high level that somebody needs to be aware of if they're thinking about you know providing training on a udemy platform you know the setups the is video important or can you do audio with slide sharing 
Um, what are some of the price points? Why do you need free products? Just some of those things that you, 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 you teach in some of your courses. Definitely. So on Udemy, it is a video course platform, so it has to be video-based. You can include lectures that are text-based. You can include downloads for like audio files or project files, but a majority of the course has to be video-based. Courses have to be over 30 minutes long. Mm -hmm. And you have to go through a process of becoming a premium instructor where you can actually charge for your courses. But it's not difficult. You just have to like verify your address. You have to verify your PayPal address to get paid. And when you do submit courses, it does go through a review process. So they check to make sure that your video quality is decent. The audio is clear. There are some topics that aren't allowed on on Udemy. It also depends on how you frame your topic. Like I can sell a course that teaches people how to teach online, but I can't sell a course that says, here's how you make $10,000 a month with online courses. Mm. So they try to kind of prevent that kind of monetary courses. They pretty much have some rules for making sure the quality is is up there. Mm But it's not too difficult to to post. It's pretty easy to you know upload your videos, create um, your your lectures. You can have assignments. You can have quizzes, and they take fifty percent of the revenue on an organic sale. But if you're promoting your course, say to your your list or to your Udemy students through your Udemy promos, you make ninety seven percent of that sale. Mm. So you're encouraged to do that through Udemy. And then a typical sale, though, you're, you're only getting 50% of the revenue. Right. And out of your 76 courses, how many are paid? How many are free? And what's your average price point? Oh, yeah. Pricing. So that's the other thing. So I'm not sure the exact numbers, but I'd say probably or 10 to 15 that are free courses. The rest are paid. Mm-hmm. Udemy, you can choose between charging 20 and $200 for your courses. But pricing is a whole topic on Udemy because they are constantly sell- doing sales for your courses. So you'll always see on Udemy sales for $10 courses, $15 courses, $20 courses. So even if you chart, you put your price point at $200, it's probably going to be selling it closer to $15 or $20. That's just because that's how the market is. They saw that people want to have a perceived high value for the course but they don't want to pay $200. Mm. And so it's kind of a problem that they created for themselves. It'd be great if more people bought courses for the higher price. And some people do. But um, most of my courses, I do price between $100 and $200 because that's truly what I believe that they are worth. Mm. But that's also uh, the perceived value that I want people getting from that course as well. So yeah. So thanks for sharing that. So I mean, um, the pricing is always it was always a, an important thing to understand. And um, if the platform has got a a sale process that's happening, then you just roll with it. I'm sure that's part of their their terms and conditions. And I guess because of the volume, um, it all sort of works out okay. You've mentioned you've got other platforms like Teachable, which I know is um, is relatively new. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what are some of the advantages or some of the you know, the options that somebody will have somebody new to say, maybe I should try a newer platform or are they better off just, you know, trying to get launched on like a Udemy? Great question. So Teachable is relatively new. It's been around for a few years. It's very similar to another platform, Thinkific, 
or another one like Zendler. These are all places where you basically create your own online education platform, mm-hmm. which gives you a lot more control than what Udemy has to offer. So you can charge whatever you want. You get students' email addresses, so you can have them you know, added to email sequences automatically. You can do a lot more with them. And it's great for people who have an audience and want to just have that more control over how you charge for your courses. Because it's definitely possible to sell courses for over 10 or $15, especially if it's on your own platform. And so Teachable makes it easy to do that. Um, there's different plan pricing plans for different options that give you more features like drip content and um, yeah, different features. If you go to Teachable's website, you can see what all the options are. Mm. Another cool thing that Teachable has is you can charge either instead of a one-time fee for a course, you can do pricing plans or a subscription model. Mm -hmm. So you can basically create a membership site using Teachable. And that's what I've done for my own website. So if you go to videoschoolonline.com, you'll see that I offer a membership to all of my courses. And that's put together through Teachable. And so people can actually pay $9 a month and get access to all of my courses for one fee. And this is actually similar just to speak about a different platform really quickly. Mm. Skillshare is another online platform where you can put their courses. It's it's definitely more geared towards artists and designers and the more creative skills. But, but their model is a membership model. I, I forget the latest they're charging. I think it was $12 a month. But if you want to take your course that you've put on Udemy, you can put it on Skillshare as well. And they split their revenue based off of how popular your course is based off minutes watched. So if your courses get watched a lot during a particular month, you're going to get a larger chunk of the revenue for that month. Um, But back to Teachable, I definitely encourage people if they have an audience or even if they don't have an audience to use a tool like Teachable to start selling or offering courses. And one thing you can do is you can put together a free course. Mm-hmm. You can host it on Teachable and you can even start for free. You know, they have a free option. And this is a great lead magnet that you can offer on your website, offer on your podcast, offer on your YouTube videos, offer everywhere. And people are people love signing up for courses. It's better than just sending them to a YouTube video or or a web link with a few videos embedded because you've got the whole course laid out. It's it's nice and easy to work for the student and you get their email addresses. So what I'll do is I'll put together a free course that's about, you know, it doesn't have to be long, 20, 30 minutes of content. Mm-hmm. And I'll put that together with Teachable and then I'll put a promo video on YouTube for that free course and I'll get, you know, a hundred people signing up or 200 people signing up in the first few days or weeks uh, because they want to sign up for the full course and then I get their email. So it's a great way to quickly grow your email list uh, with those free courses. Um, So at the end of the day, I do say if if you have an audience of your own and you can sell to your audience, Teachable is a great way to do it because you have more control and you can charge higher. Mm. If you are brand new, if you don't have an audience at all, Udemy might be the best place to start. You know, you never know if your course will catch on. It's a way that you can grow an audience. You can put free courses on Udemy, which helps you grow an audience faster there. 
And uh, it, it, like you said, it's it's a search engine in itself too, similar to YouTube. I forget the last count, but 13, 14 million people on the platform. And so those are a lot of students just going to Udemy looking to buy online courses. So it's it's a great way to build your audience if you're just getting started out. And what are the big niche categories that um, have produced the lots of you know lots of volume? For me personally, my photography classes have done really well. I actually partner with a lot of instructors, mostly just friends of mine, mm-hmm. to teach these classes. But you know, you mentioned I have seventy six classes on Udemy now, but over half of those have been collaborations with other people. So my photography courses do really well. But in general, on Udemy, the technical courses are really good. Web development, all those programming languages, those do really well. Marketing, business are, are generally pretty good too, but those are very competitive right now. But they're really in every space. I mean, they have instructors teaching how to bake bread who make six figures a year. And so you mm. you can really find an audience for most topics on Udemy. Right. Let's talk a little bit about failure. You know, did it ever cross your mind to say, if I leave corporate, you know, leave this university job or college job that you were doing before, what if I fail and it doesn't work out? How do you navigate around that concept? It took me a long time to actually leave my full-time job. And, and maybe that's a failure in itself because I was working on this business for about three years before I actually jumped to it full-time. I I actually left my last full-time job and that was in May of 2015. So it's been, I guess, two years now. But I was really concerned. I was really afraid that I would start doing just online courses and then, you know, the revenue would drop and I would have to go back to a full-time job. But, But since then, actually, I've with you know 40 extra hours a week i have been able to grow my my business and revenue a lot and so i haven't looked back at that i think a time that i failed though was when i got scared there there was a period uh for anyone that is a udemy instructor they'll they'll know if they've been on udemy for a couple years that Mm -hmm. they they were doing a lot of pricing changes and they Basically, the market was really messed up at a time. You could only charge between twenty and fifty dollars for a course. The discounting, the, the their sales stopped working, and so everyone's revenue dropped dramatically. Mm. And so for me, my answer was, okay, I just need to create more courses because that's what I've done forever to increase my revenue. So all I have to do is create more and more courses. And so I went on a course creation tear, and I was putting together one or two courses a month. And some of those courses were just bad quality. And they were on topics that I wasn't a, an expert in, or at least I wasn't knowledgeable enough to teach the next person about. Mm. And that was a failure in my part because I was I was really chasing the money and I wasn't chasing just trying to be of service and, and help people out with my courses. And that's what I learned from like the courses that do the best for me really are the ones that I spend the most time creating. They're usually the longest, the biggest courses where I put everything in it. I put my heart and soul in it and I give the most resources and make it as beneficial as possible. The courses where I created quickly thinking, oh, this is a cool niche topic that I think is going to make me a lot of money right now. Those always end up 
failing. They they just never are the ones that that last. And even if they they make a little bit of money when I launch it, it almost feels bad because I know that I didn't put my best effort into the, some of those classes. So what do you consider a good solid effort? Just walk me through maybe one of your top courses. What how long do you take to produce? What does it have and, you know, what has it done? Amount of time it takes to create a course will really vary from person to person. Video production and editing is my background and so I'm lucky that I like it mm. and I'm I'm pretty good at it and I'm I'm quick at it. And video editing usually takes people the longest. It's it's just the most difficult part of the process. Yeah, I so I can edit a lot faster than people, but but I could put it together a solid course in in a month or a month and a half. And that's not full time work, but but maybe like eighty hours or so. And a a full good course of mine is is like ten hours of content, ten or more. And so I I have um, my complete Adobe Premiere course. I have a complete WordPress course. Um, I actually did just put out a an incredible course recently on digital marketing, and um, that course is over twenty five hours long. Wow. So it's a lot of content, and it's not just like you know filler content where we're just like putting in extra. Uh, lessons that don't, you know, that just fill the time. It's actually really good content. And so, I don't know. I don't know if that seems like a lot, but I I feel like it's a lot of video content to create. (laughs) Um, And so, that that can be daunting. Of course, it depends on the topic. And I always tell people that your courses should take, and your lessons specifically, should take as long as it takes to teach it. it. You know, some things take longer. If I'm teaching someone how to do an intricate sort of video effect in After Effects, it's going to take 10, 15, 20 minutes or longer to teach that. But if I'm just telling someone how, um, I don't know, how how the Amazon marketplace works for selling eBooks or something, well, maybe that takes as long too. But there's some topics where, you know, more lifestyle design courses might just be an hour or two and that might be good enough. Mm. Um, so it, it really does depend on the course. Uh, things that I do in my course to make sure it's like really good is I'll include downloadable resources. Students love getting like checklists or or just like PDF guides that summarize all of the content from the course. I'll put together activities in the course so people can follow along and do it an activity. For example, in like my photography courses, I'll challenge people to go out and take a specific type of photo and then post it to the course. Um, I'll also like with our latest digital marketing class when we launched it and during this launch period where we're trying to get as many good reviews as possible, we've been doing live Q&A sessions where we'll invite all of our students over to Google Hangout or YouTube Live and we'll just answer, answer questions. So we're putting in a lot of extra time and some people might say, wow, that's a lot. Like students are paying $10 for this course. They're getting so much value. They're getting 25 hours of content, downloadable guides, a free ebook. They're getting one-on-one coaching with you from these live Q&As. Mm. But to me, it's worth it because if we can get those good reviews, if we can establish this course as a bestseller for the keyword of digital marketing, who knows? It could, it could be selling for, for years to come. Uh, most of my courses on Udemy have are still selling, even the ones that I posted five years ago, hmm. which is also just awesome. That's it's good. completely passive at this point. 
Now, can you do yeah. Hangouts within the Udemy platform? No, you can't. That's one. I wish you could do like some sort of live interaction. I know they, they've talked about it. I think it's something that's on their radar, but right now you can't. So you've got to email your students and give them some special link for them to jump on to grab a hangout with you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, it's been so good chatting to you. And uh, I've got a couple more quick questions. Um, what does a day in your life look like today versus when you started your business? <laughs> I love that. So let's just take when I, before I started my business, um, and even when I was starting my business, I, there would be times where when I was starting, I didn't, I was so cheap and I was, you know, I had all those student loans. I didn't pay for internet at my apartment. And so I would be recording videos and editing videos for my courses at home after work, you know, late at night. Yeah. And then in the morning, I would go to work early and I would upload all my content using, you know, at work. <laughs> and so um, it was like super busy. I would basically, I basically did that for a year. I would, you know, wow. spend all my time creating courses, going to work, working eight hours and then coming home, recording more. Um, and I didn't do much that year. That was like 2011, 2012. Uh, but now I, I really do limit myself. I work probably 40 hours a week, maybe maybe less. I do work hard, but I I work for myself now. I work from home. Mm -hmm. uh, so, sometimes it could be a little boring uh, to, for some people. I do definitely miss some social human interactions. That's why I like doing interviews like this. I have a mastermind of my own that I chat with other instructors. Uh, but a lot of it is just um, creating content at home you know, taking a nice lunch break and um, not working on the weekends anymore. That's for sure. I used to do that a lot, but now, now I have the weekends for myself. That's great. How, how much revenue did you generate in those first two years where you were just, you know, hustling hard and doing night shifts? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, let me just see really quick. I think probably in that first year, maybe I made around six or seven thousand i can tell you that mm. so i made that for in that first month on udemy i made sixty dollars it took me seven months until i had made a thousand dollars in a single month wow and then i think it took another i'd say like two years until i made ten thousand dollars in a single month and and then it's kind of just continued to increase from there but for the first two years um it definitely was a nice extra bit of income, but I was using it to pay off student loans. And so I didn't have any extra money at that time. So yeah, it was, it was probably good enough for some people to live on, especially if you're, you know, a digital nomad traveling the world. But for me, I was, you know, kind of reinvesting in myself and paying off my, my loan. But it was still like for the effort of putting it in, I'm sure most people would have probably quit and said, it's not, it's not worth the, the, oh, the yeah. effort. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people even now, especially come into it thinking they're going to make, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars in the first year or first month. And it definitely wasn't the case for me. Um, so just kind of sticking with it, having high goals, but keeping my expectations low has always been beneficial for me. Awesome. Hey, what book would you recommend as a great read for an entrepreneur? You know, I saw this question and I hope I could answer it kind of differently. Can I recommend a couple podcasts? Absolutely. So there's two podcasts that I listen to and I don't know if they're going to be beneficial to, to everyone, but I think personal finance is so important for people. There's lots of business podcasts out there that are, that are great. 
But two more personal finance related podcasts are Listen Money Matters and The Mad Scientist. It's kind of like The Mad Scientist, but with an F. Mm-hmm. And they're both about personal finance. And I think every entrepreneur and every business owner needs to have a good grasp on their own finances. Um, so those two are two of my favorites. Love it. Thank you for sharing that. And we'll link all those up in, in our show notes. Um, what is the best way for people to connect with you, Phil? You can find out more about me either on my own personal website, which is philebener.com. If you're interested in just kind of seeing how I run my business with my online courses, you can go to videoschoolonline.com. And if you're really interested in teaching your own online classes, onlinecoursemasters.com is my website where you can listen to my own podcast and learn more about how you can teach online. Fantastic. And we'll share all of that. Um, We're preparing a special PDF download for all our listeners that you can go and grab. It's a show highlight reel, which would highlight all the different things we've talked about here with Phil. So you can go and download that at businessjournals.com forward slash Phil E. P-H-I-L-E. Now, Phil, before I ask my last question, really thank you so much for, you know, all the 300,000 students that um, around the world, I am sure, who, um, you know, been able to learn from you because you made that sacrifice right at the beginning, who've been able to change their lives, generate additional income, support their families, bring up more inspiration into their lives, being able to do maybe their own video production for their wedding or take their own photography for whatever it is that they do. And uh, But more specifically, thanking you for coming out on this show and sharing your time with us and pouring out those words of wisdom. Totally inspirational. Now, for my last question, um, Phil, when all is said and done, do you think about legacy? And if you do, what do you want to leave as a legacy? Be remembered for and tell us why. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. First of all, it's been a pleasure and I'm looking forward to hopefully helping inspire people. In terms of a, a legacy, I, it kind of goes back to what you were just saying, like the messages that I get from students who thank me for my classes, they they really keep me going. And and even I, I have like this expert syndrome where I fear like, am I really teaching people? Are they really benefiting from my classes? But when I get messages from people all around the world who say, you know, I live in, you know, a small village and we don't have education like this. So mm. your course is really amazing to to take. You know, if I can touch just a, a few more people, I'll be happy. But if I can continue to grow and teach tens or hundreds or even millions of people in the future, that's the legacy that I want to want to leave. Awesome. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. That was Phil Ebiner from Video School online.com or philebiner.com and you can check out his podcast online course masters podcast thanks for hanging out with me and phil and um, i hope you had as much fun as i did and uh, you got your hopes up that you are good enough to chase your dreams if you enjoyed that episode do leave us a review on itunes and we'll be sure to give you a shout out on an upcoming show and remember to head on over to businessgenerals.com for your special pdf show note highlight reel just um Go over to businessjournals.com forward slash Phil E and get your download and remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. To connect with Phil, just jump on to philebiner.com. Phil, thank you so much for being on the Business Generals podcast today and for sharing your story with us. Absolutely grateful. You are a true business general. Thanks so much. Have a, a great day. Thank you. 
Hey, what's up, Business Insurance family? Thank you for joining me and for listening to the Business Insurance Podcast. Connect with me at Davis Mutabwa. That's D-A-V-I-S-M-U-T-A-B-W-A. Connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and you can certainly find me at our podcast blog, businessjournals.com. And while you're there, remember to access all the show notes, a ton of free resources, killer training, and so much more. Love you guys. Thank you for joining me. Ciao.